everyone. Welcome to episode three of season four, where Michaela, Elizabeth, and Alondra discuss CSTs and surgical conscience. Without further ado, let's get started. Well, hi, you guys. I am so excited to be talking to you today. My name is Michaela Arnold, and I'm going to be starting off our podcast episode. I am a part of Group C, along with Elizabeth Ramirez and Alondra Vargas, who will also be speaking to you later on in the podcast. We are all three a part of the Tarrant County College Surgical Technology Class of 2021, and by the time you hear this, we will all most likely be graduating in less than two months. Now, after being assigned this podcast assignment, it took a lot of brainstorming and discussion amongst our group to finally decide what we wanted to share with our audience today, but we are incredibly excited about the topic that we finally chose. We wanted a topic that was educational, not totally boring, and something that was unique, and we believe that we've achieved that. So without further ado, in this podcast episode today, we are going to be discussing the different roles and responsibilities of the operating room staff, along with what the term surgical conscience means to each of us. So to kick things off, we are going to start by discussing the sterile members of the OR staff. Sterile members are the individuals that scrub into a procedure, adhering to strict sterile technique, otherwise known as surgical asepsis, throughout the duration of the surgical case. This technique ensures that the patient is kept free of any outside microorganisms that could cause a surgical site infection or other serious harm to the patient. The first sterile member we are going to discuss is the surgeon. The surgeon is obviously the most popular and well-known part of the surgical team, which makes sense seeing as the surgeon is the one physically performing the surgery. These surgeons are doctors and are usually credentialed as either an MD, a DO, a DPM, or a DDS. Interestingly enough, most of the surgeon's tasks are actually performed pre and post-op, meaning before and after the surgical case. According to the AST surgical technology text, the duties of the surgeon include, one, determining the necessity of surgical intervention and the type of procedure to be performed based on the patient's diagnosis, two, offering possible alternative treatment options before choosing surgery, three, discussing the risks and benefits of the planned procedure with the patient so that the patient can make an informed decision, Four, obtaining surgical consent, which means that the patient agrees to the suggested surgery. Five, identifying and marking the correct surgical site to ensure the procedure is performed properly. Six, assisting with the surgical timeout, which verifies the patient's name, date of birth, allergies, procedure being performed, etc. And seven, providing follow-up care after the procedure. Since these tasks are all done before and after, that means that during the procedure, the only priority the surgeon has is performing the surgery, which is obviously super important since without the surgeon, there would be no surgery. But clearly the surgeon doesn't operate alone. So let's move on to the next sterile surgical team member, and that is the surgical assistant. This position can be filled by either another physician, a physician's assistant, or a certified surgical first assist. 
Whoever it may be, the person standing in as the assistant aids the surgeon in exposure, hemostasis, skin closure, and other intraoperative functions such as identifying anatomical structures within the body. According to the AST Surgical Technology text, in addition to these intraoperative duties, much like the surgeon, the assistant also performs pre- and post-op patient care. They may assist in positioning and draping the patient prior to surgery, participating in the surgical timeout, applying dressings after the procedure, or assisting in transferring the patient between the OR table and the bed or stretcher. Now, I'm going to leave the rest of the OR team up to my counterparts, so for now, let's move on to the topic of surgical conscience and what it means to me. According to Karen Chambers with the Association of Surgical Technologists, surgical conscience by definition is a 360 degree awareness of everything within a healthcare worker's sterile and unsterile environment which means the OR team needs to ensure the sterile field boundaries are maintained and respected at all times. However, for me personally, the idea of surgical conscience goes way beyond the basic definition. It goes beyond sterility. It also incorporates honesty and integrity. As an OR team member, not only do you have to be aware of your sterile field, but you also have to keep others aware. You have to hold yourself and everyone else accountable and do the right thing no matter what. Even if no one is looking, even if you don't think it's going to make a difference, even if you're scared of the repercussions, you have to do the right thing and speak up if needed. Because at the end of the day, we are taking care of fellow human beings. These patients are people that have their own lives, their own families, and they are trusting that we will do what is right and take care of them to the best of our abilities. They are at their most vulnerable when we see them, and how we handle their case can potentially impact their future. So to me, surgical conscience is doing the right thing for the patient no matter what. Treating the patient as if they were our own family and realizing that what we are doing matters and goes way beyond ourselves. We wanted to include this topic of surgical conscience today because it is something that was emphasized by our instructors from day one. And because of this, it's something that we will never forget. Many people don't realize the magnitude of our career choice or the importance of what we do and how we do it. It is something seriously special and nothing to take lightly. So I really hope that you enjoyed the information that I presented today. So now, with all of that being said, I'm going to step down from my soapbox and pass the baton on to Alondra. She is going to talk to you about the last sterile team member, which is a surgical technologist, and that is what we are all currently studying and training to be, so honestly, it should be the most exciting part. So, just keep on listening. Hey guys, it's Alondra now, another surgical tech student. Thank you, Michaela, for the introduction and explanation of the surgeon's role in the surgical team. What does surgical conscience mean to me? Surgical conscience is being able to know how to keep your sterile field sterile, make sure everyone in the room is aware of their surroundings, and is able to take responsibility for anything that happens during the procedure. A surgical technologist must be able to keep patient confidentiality due to personal information and treat every patient with no discrimination according to the fifth edition surgical technology of the surgical technologist. In addition to that, according to Karen L. Chambers, CST image in an AST.org PDF, 
Surgical conscience, by definition, is a 360-degree awareness of everything within a healthcare worker's sterile and unsterile environment. Asepsis is how this awareness is incorporated into their daily activities. It is very important for everyone that is part of the surgical team to know how to keep the sterile field so that it avoids any surgical site infections. As we know, non-sterile team members, which are the circulator nurse and anesthesiologist and sterile team members, the surgeon, first assist, and surgical tech make up the surgical team. Now that we know the surgeon's role in the surgical team, thanks to Michaela, I will tell you about the surgical technologist's role. There is a first scrub as well as a second scrub. The first scrub is what I call the main one. They are the ones that help preoperatively, intraoperatively, and postoperatively. Postoperatively, the first thing the surgical tech does is check their case cart and make sure everything is there, including the instruments, supplies, and other equipment needed or requested by the surgeon. They go over the patient's information to make sure there is no allergies to any of the material being used. They prepare the operating room, meaning they arrange all the OR furniture where it would be easy to maneuver once the field is sterile. This depends on the position of the patient and the surgical site. Once the case guard has everything for the case and the room has all the OR furniture it needs, the surgical tech does a surgical scrub to begin setting up for the case. Once everything has been opened and set up, the surgical tech and the circulator do the initial count of the soft goods, which include flaps, rays, sutures, needles, hypos, blades, bovi tips, and suction tips. Depending on the procedure, there might be other soft goods that are also countable, such as vessel loops, suture boots, bulldogs, cloths, Q-tips, and many more. Instruments are also counted depending on the procedure. For example, if the procedure involves going into the abdomen, they are counted, but if it doesn't, then they, they aren't necessarily counted unless it is laparoscopic case that has, that, has, that has a possibility of going open. Medications are also label, labeled after they are given by a circulator. If everything is set up by then and the surgeon still isn't in the room, the surgical tech breaks scrubs to help position the patient. Once the patient is set, the surgical tech scrubs backs in. After all that is done, the surgical tech gowns and gloves the other sterile team members and helps with draping the patient. Intraoperatively, it is important for the surgical tech to remain to maintain the sterile field and be part of the surgical timeout before the procedure starts. After the timeout, it is imperative that they are listening and anticipating the surgeon's needs, which is why the surgical tech should be familiar with the buddy system. The buddy system is a set of pairs that show what is given immediately after one thing has been passed to the surgeon or assistant. For example, after the suture is passed, suture scissors are passed after. Another example is once the stapler is passed, two adsense get passed to the first assist. Other surgical counts are performed as needed depending how deep the cut was made. This is when the second scrub comes in to help. The second scrub's duties are suctioning, sponging, retracting, cutting sutures, and when it is laparoscopic case, the second scrub maneuvers the camera if the surgeon doesn't have an assistant. 
If the surgeon needs a pathology report on a specimen or specimens, the surgical tech is responsible for labeling and the care of the specimen before it gets passed off to the circulator. Once the surgeon or the first assist closes the incision, the surgical tech cleans off the blood and prep around the site so that the dressings can be applied. Now, postoperatively, it is, it is still important that the sterile field is still kept sterile even though the wound is closed because anything can still happen. Once the patient is out of the room, turning over starts. The surgical tech is responsible for separating the used and unused instruments in the casket so that it is easier for SPD to clean them. The surgical tech also needs to get rid of sharps, including bovie tips, blades, hypos, and suture needles into the red sharp spin. There are also other instruments that are recyclable. They get into another that get put into another container. After that is done, the instruments are taken to the decontamination room by the surgical tech and then returns to the room to help finish turning over and get ready for the next case. From my experience in clinical so far, the surgical tech plays an important role in the surgical team. They are the ones to keep an eye out for a break in sterility, are helping the surgeon responsible for any specimens being handed off with the correct name and many other responsibilities that include the patient's best care possible. The surgical team is a team, so everyone has to work together the best they can for the patient and their loved ones. The operating, the operating room is where all differences are set aside and everyone comes together for the patient and that is one reason I enjoy this field of work the most. Now I'm going to pass it off to Elizabeth so that she can talk about the anesthesiologist and circulating nurse. Thank you all for listening to my part, of course. Hello everyone. My name is Elizabeth Ramirez and I will be talking about the duties and responsibilities of the anesthesia provider and the circulating nurse preoperatively before the surgery, intraoperatively during the surgery, and postoperatively after the surgery. The anesthesia provider and the circulating nurse are part of the non-sterile team members of the operating room. Let's start off with the anesthesia provider. Preoperatively, their job is to make sure the patient can handle the anesthesia, be able to walk them through the process so the patient can know what to expect, and answer any questions the patient may have related to the anesthesia. The patient is then brought to their corresponding operating room in a stretcher by the anesthesia provider along with the nurse. They are then transferred to the operating room table. The anesthesia provider may pre-oxygenate the patient and induction begins. Before I continue, I would like to reference the information I am about to talk about. This information comes from the book, Surgical Technology for the Surgical Technologist, A Positive Care Approach, written by Kevin B. Frey, published in 2018. Induction involves altering the patient's level of consciousness from the conscious state to the unconscious state. Induction may be carried out in two ways, through the use of an induction agent or the inhalation of gaseous vapors. The anesthesia provider's job is to make sure the patient is not in any pain during the surgery. Once the anesthetic agents are administered, the anesthesia provider remains at the patient's head and begins to monitor the patient's vital signs. 
Intraoperatively, they continue to monitor the patient closely and may check the patient's breathing, blood pressure, heart rate, temperature, and fluid levels. They also manage any medical condition that the patient may have, such as hypertension, heart disease, or diabetes throughout the surgery. Another responsibility of the anesthesia team is to report any important changes in the patient's condition to the surgeon. Communication between all team members is very important for the safety of the patient. Postoperatively, they watch the patient's recovery from the anesthetic effects and help transfer the patient to the stretcher. The patient cannot be moved until the anesthesia care provider gives permission to do so. During this time, they want the patient to be as awake as possible and breathing on their own. The patient is then transported to post-anesthesia care unit, also known as PACU, to recover from the surgery. While being monitored, the patient's vital signs are continued to be supervised. The next team member of the operating room I will be talking about is the circulating nurse. Preoperatively, their job is to bring the patient from the pre-op holding area to the operating room along with the anesthesia provider. Once the patient is transferred to the OR table and the patient is put to sleep, the nurse may proceed to position the patient accordingly and may perform any necessary and final preparations before the surgery. He or she may insert a Foley catheter for urinary bladder drainage if indicated by the surgeon or may apply SED's sequential compression devices to reduce the risk of deep vein thrombosis, which are applied to the patient's legs. They may also shave the surgical site if necessary. Following these tasks, the nurse can now begin the patient's skin preparation, also known as a skin prep. The skin prep is done to remove as much bacteria as possible from the operative site to minimize the chance of infection. Depending on the prep used, there may be a dry time before the surgical drapes can be applied. Once the patient is draped, a surgical timeout must take place prior to the incision or procedure. The surgical timeout is led by the nurse, but the process involves all team members of the operating room. The surgical timeout consists of making sure it is the correct patient, correct site or site of the patient, correct procedure, any allergies the patient may have, any antibiotics given, and any safety precautions like fire hazards and patient history. The nurse is also responsible for connecting any cords or tubes handed off the sterile field. They must make sure the furniture is positioned correctly for the procedure to commence. Interoperatively, the nurse's job is to record the operative events, provide any additional items needed during the operation, like handling and caring for the surgical specimens by labeling the specimen correctly, packaging, and transporting it to pathology. Surgical counts are performed by the first group and the nurse before the patient arrives in the OR, and closing counts are done following the closure of the incision. This can be done up to three times depending on the procedure. Surgical counts are performed to verify that all supplies are accounted for, like lap sponges, ratex, needles, bowie tips, hypodermic needles, blades, etc. Post-operatively, it takes four people, one being the nurse, to safely transfer the patient from the OR table to the stretcher. It is also a good idea to make sure that the table is locked for the welfare of the patient. The nurse then notifies the PACU staff that the patient will be arriving and the patient is then transported to PACU. 
Lastly, I would like to give my interpretation of what surgical conscience means to me. Having a surgical conscience means always doing the right thing for the well-being and safety of the patient, making sure there are no breaks in sterile technique in order to prevent injury to the patient, and if there happens to be a break, knowing how to handle the situation. Most importantly, speaking up for the patient since the patient cannot speak for themselves. I also believe in treating every patient the same and giving them the best treatment possible. And that is the overview of the duties and responsibilities of the OR team. That is all. Thanks for listening. I hope that you all enjoyed episode three. I'm so proud of Michaela, Elizabeth, and Alondra for all their hard work. They did a great job on this episode. If you'd like more information on our program, please follow us on Instagram at TCC Surge Tech. We also have a Facebook page. You can search the Scrub Life podcast. And for information on notes and references for this episode, please go to our webpage. It's the scrublifepodcast.wordpress.com. My name is Chris Blevins. I am the director of the Tarrant County College Surgical Technology Program. And I am so grateful for your support of our amazing students. Next episode is episode four, where it features our students, Karina, Kelsey, and Stephanie discussing orthopedic surgery. Thank you, everyone, and we'll see you soon.